Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the Empress of Everything Green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Okay, here's the weather forecast. I have on socks. Does that tell you anything? Of course it does. It tells you everything you need to know. I There are very few days when meteorologists make me happy. I, I appreciate their information. You know, sometimes their demeanor is, is appreciated also. Sometimes they have great things to say, and, and I'm, sometimes I, like most people, would rather they didn't tell me what I don't want to know. But today, ah, yes, the meteorologists are all chirpy. They're all full of, hello, Southeast, hello, Mississippi, hello, y'all, it's the 90s are gone. <laughs> so that's always the, the big day. What does that mean? Well, it means that perhaps the next lettuce seeds that I sow will come up instead of croaking in the heat. Yeah, that's right. I told you all I've been sowing all of the old seeds, and some of those one or two will come up, but I haven't managed to get any of them going. And I don't really believe some of them are old yet, and that's probably one of the problems. But it's also true that lettuce doesn't like to germinate in hot weather. And um, I've been... I tried during the cooler spell, but it just got too hot too quickly afterwards. It does take about two weeks sometimes for some of the varieties to come up. We can talk about that because I'm giving it a shot again. Now, what are you doing today? Well, I'll be finishing opening up the tables and moving things indoors, hooking up the lights and getting ready for in central Mississippi, um, zone 8. You know, it's going to be a little chilly in the morning. Now, I'll tell you what. Unless you live north enough that you're already seeing predictions in the upper 30s, leave the Christmas cactus out for just a few more days. Okay? Just a few more days. We'd like for them to have that opportunity to get their buds set, and then we're going to bring them inside to bright light. And I have to tell you, for those of you who have never um, ventured over into the Garden Mama uh, Facebook page, there's the Facebook group, I'm sorry. Um, the Christmas cactus just take over the world really quickly, and they're beautiful. So you might want to join us for that. Um, it, we, we're not, we don't actually accept members at this point because I'm trying to get the group down to a manageable amount, and I don't have anyone to help do that at, the, at this time. But if you want to come in to see the Christmas cactus, or if you want to be a new subscriber to the All Things Garden Mama weekly newsletter, or if you just have a question during the week and you say, I need to ask Mama, Mama on air at yahoo.com is the way to get in touch with me. And me is Nellie Neal. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for deciding to be a gardener, a radio listener, a person who gets up early in the morning. All of those things fit into my bailiwick, and I appreciate you very, very much. I am not... Um, I shouldn't say I'm not. That's a bad way to start a conversation, isn't it? I don't know a whole lot about great apes. I've never been one that wanted to. I I I love I love a good nature special, you know, a good good show about all that. But I never wanted to be Jane Goodall. I never I never thought that was where I needed to live my life. I never felt like I needed to be in the midst of great apes. 
But I got to tell you, orangutans have a real, they'll tug at your heartstring. I don't know if it's the orange. I don't know if it's their activity level. But I think I may have found out part of it. From the University of Warwick, this week's research is letting us in on the world. The Department of Psychology set out to collect empirical data, that is to say, stuffed what actually happened, (laughs) as they would say that, with these calls. Because the orangutan call signals are really believed to be the closest precursors to human language in that they travel across the forest, they travel through great distances, and they do not distort. They are, they are continued as that voice would be. In, without, they don't lose any meaning. The, the orangutan on the other side of the valley can understand what this one is saying. So this throws into question about the mathematical model of how did we figure out speech in the first place, and they are working on it. Um, what they predicted, and I remember learning this actually in uh, linguistics, but um, I, 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 human, humans strung sounds together, and they were trying to make those work so that they could carry the signal in a greater distance. When, when I hear about these sorts of things, I always think about the stories about the Appalachians, and even Dolly Parton tells these stories about the, the reason it's a holler is because you hollered. You know, it's a holler, and you, you do want to understand these things. We needed our voices to carry. We needed our, we needed our voices bef- before microphones. There was repetition. You know, people would, you'd holler something, and then the people that heard it in the front row would holler it to the people in the back, that kind of thing. But how did we do all of this? They thought that it was mathematic. Humans started linking sounds to convey a package of information, even if it got distorted. But now that we understand that orangutans' messages do not get distorted, we have to rethink that. I like it. I appreciate that you don't distort, that you listen to radio and you get in touch with me and you talk to me all the time. And frankly, I don't know what I would do if you didn't. So please don't stop. Anna, you're in Oxford. What's going on today? Hi. Uh... Uh, this is Godmama, right? Yes, yeah. ma'am. This is Anna. From yes, Oxford. ma'am. Now, um, uh, an acquaintance of mine gave me some um, beans. Apparently, they were from uh, the Delta, and they're just they're special to this family in the Delta. So, uh, late in August, I planted them, and I have a lot of these beans. They're very small. Now, I'm familiar with the great big broad beans from England, but these are tiny, and they're almost like Hmm. How I imagine lady peas to look. Okay. <laughs> All right. Are they when you shell them? There, it's a small white pea about the size of the end of your little finger. Uh, yes. But okay. It's not white. It's sort of cream. Okay. And the the pod itself is long. Yeah. And um, it kind of arches, uh, and it turns yellow, and that's when I've been picking them, and they they're really um, <laughs> producing. I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been saving them, and I'm not familiar. I mean, I eat green peas, English peas, and pea pods, but I've never really ate this, this, uh, uh, you know, green beans. Oh, I've never Anna. really ate this jelly beans. Anna, welcome to a whole new world of culinary wonder. <laughs> you've got a great thing on your hands here, and I don't know which bean it is, but if you've never eaten the little cream peas or the Crowder peas or any of that group of beautiful, wonderful 
plant materials, you're in for a treat. Um, they're, they're, we, we talk about shelly beans. I think about horticultural shelly beans as the bigger ones, but these little ones, generally speaking, fall into the field peas, crowder peas, lady creams. They're all in that group. And they I don't know which one you got. I will tell you that if you find out that it is Mississippi silver skin, I want some of them. <laughs> Because I want to plant them, and they're hard to find. But uh, I, the, the, I, I don't know a bean that doesn't grow in the Delta, but I don't know which particular one this is. Um, I'll tell you, I'm not the best culinary person in the whole wide world because I like beans the way they taste. I like bean taste. So I'm not putting in a whole bunch of other fancy stuff. But I will tell you that they, the, the, if they're fresh from your garden, they will cook faster than you can imagine. And, yes, they will make their own cream as long as you let them simmer gently. And it, it's a delightful thing. People put onion and garlic and every spice in the world in them. They'll put meat in them. They do all sorts of things with them. But I like them just by themselves, maybe a little salt and pepper. Uh-huh. Because uh, one of the um, books suggested putting cream in them. If, if, you find, if you're cooking them from dry um, and they don't cream up the way you want them to, yes, I've seen that done. I sure yeah, have. These I, I, are, you know. Pretty fresh. I've been collecting mm-hmm. them. I put them in the refrigerator so I get a whole bunch. Right. I think you'll. I think you'll find that they'll cream on their own. But if they don't, you can always add cream to it. Yeah. Some people also add things like broths. You know, they they don't want to put in meat, but they'll put in chicken broth or they'll put in vegetable broth or something else to heart to make that um make the broth a little bit bolder. Okay. Well, I mean, it's worth a try. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And if you can find out from your friend what the name of them is, I may be able to tell you more about the particular bean. Yeah, I, well, I've been waiting. See, it was the brother of a friend, and um, the mother apparently got sick, and so I can't get in touch with them. That's, mm-hmm. That was the problem. I understand. <laughs> Life intervenes sometimes, you know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked. I saved some from um, when he gave me them in the um, in uh, early summer, um, so I can still plant some for next year. Oh, good! Rather than mm-hmm. not, than not eat these. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Enjoy these. That's fun. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. It's good to hear from you. I have to say that we don't hear from Oxford um, as much as I would like to because every we usually we would hear from Anna if you listen to this program over the years. You know that she would tell us that. Um, What's going on with the Master Gardeners up there? But everybody's been kind of in the, the pandemic bubble, so we don't hear as much about these events. But we're we're going to begin again. We will we will be able to do that. Um, I, in in my post today to social media, I did use the um, hashtag got the booster or one of those hashtags that somebody sent me to do. Uh, yes, I did. I I got the booster this week, and uh, the good news is my children will stop bugging me about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wanted me to have all of this, even any more than my children. <laughs> and yes, they're full grown, and they're all vaccinated too. So I don't know. We can. We don't need to argue about that stuff. <laughs> John's John's sending cypress swamp pictures in this morning. Oh, this kind. Of, this is really kind of the um, the the classic, isn't it? It's a beautiful view, lots of sun, lots of cypress knees, lots of reflection into the water because the water is really beautiful there. And John's comment to all of us, which we can all appreciate, is, my phone may share my location, but I seriously doubt anyone will ever find me here. (laughs) I'm guessing he's fishing. I don't know. 
I don't know. Ken has indeed been to the hollers. Yes, I, I worked on the hollers, actually, on the movie. So we, we don't want to talk about that. It was fine. It was not a bad experience. It's just not gardening. Um, when when you work on uh, a when you work on a movie and the first thing they say to you is, can you build this? You know, you say yes, and then you figure out how to do it because you've already got, you know, you've already got yourself in, in the midst of it. And in this case, if you look at the, um, if you watch the hollers and you see the scenes at the edge of the lake and there's a sort of a bunch of plants going out into the lake, well, those weren't there <laughs> before. Oh, it's, that's the joy of working on all of this. There's something I just had no idea about. I don't. I, I'm a salmon free fiend. I love to eat salmon, but I recognize it, I, my my concern is either is is it is it is it fresh caught? You know, um, is it is it fresh fish? How long has it been in, in process to get to me? This and that and the other. I mean, I'm more interested in those issues than I am, and I recognize that I'm not. I'm not naive about this. I know there are differences between wild shrimp, wild salmon, wild shrimp, wild anything, and hatchery versions. But I did not understand that. I, I know they have to look at everything, but I thought this was so interesting. The um, wild and hatchery coho salmon. Now, coho salmon, of course, is a big deal. Wonderful, wonderful fish. If I have to tell you, if I had to choose, I probably I probably would go there. But there are distinctions in the way that the two types of fish, whether they're in the wild or whether they're in the hatcheries, how they find their mates. And that, of course, makes a difference in the genetics of the fish themselves as, the, as they go forward as a thing. I'm, I'm really interested in this. If we can learn more, it says, about how they do in the wild and how it differs, then we might be able to get a better representation of wild fish in the hatchery fish if we understood this mating process a little bit better. Four salmon species of all different four all four different ones. The hatchery fish that breed in the wild are not as viable as the wild fish. And should they breed with wild fish, there's a number there's there's fewer offspring. So I look at this, I realize it's genetics, I understand that it is about science and it's about, but I look at it in terms of the fish. Maybe it's because I read Watership Down, maybe it's because The Little Mermaid is my favorite Disney movie, but I really do believe that every creature has a community of some sort. And I can imagine that there's a little prejudice between the fish in the wild and the fish in the hatchery. They probably pick their mates differently because they live different lives. Hmm, something to think about. But we'll pay more attention. Now, now needless to say, no fish were harmed in the, the research of this. They used the um, clips from the fins. That lets them have a, have a good look without having to have a good look, you know, if you know what I understand. Um, Well, Ken, you're you're right. There, shrimp are classically bottom feeders, and um, I I don't think we I don't think our ecosystems could really do very well without them. But there are a lot of things that are smaller. <laughs> so there you go. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is indeed. The phone number here to Weekend Gardening, it is the Super Talk call line. 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line. And I do encourage you to use that along with our writers that are 
Well, whether it's a cypress swamp or a comment about something, it's all good news, and I want to hear all of it. From the lettuce eat lettuce uh, point of view, because that really is the time. If you're, by the way, if you're planting pansies, go buy plants. All right, you can buy lettuce plants too, but lettuce you can still seed. Pansy flowers, go buy the plants. October's the time. Do it to it. I think this is interesting. I I learn something new every day of my life. I'm happy to say, and I learned this week. Yesterday, in fact, that iceberg lettuce is the only lettuce that does not have a red type in its its in its world in its genetic sequence. In other words, red cabbages with a solid head are a different cabbage than than that than 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 green cabbages, but they're the same thing. Okay. However, in the case of lettuces, they're not. There is no solid head red leafed lettuce. There's plenty of others, though, you know, butter crunches, and then other red versions of that. The, probably the classic leaf lettuce is called red sails. You'll see that more than anything else. But it, it, the bib or butterhead lettuces don't produce as dense a head, but they have many, many more um, pliable leaves, and they're uh, I like them because they absorb so much in the salad. But uh, they do get red. Romaine can get a little bit red, not a whole lot. It's not a, it's not a pink. But if you think about it, we didn't know until Swiss Chard gave us bright lights that we were going to have the opportunity to see pink, red, gold, green, and yes, purple stems and orange in our Swiss Chard. So lettuce may just be finding its way around, huh? What are you going to do? Well, you're going to stay here because this is Weekend Gardening. Welcome to Mike Drop, the show where Mississippi Farm Bureau President Mike McCormick drops some helpful knowledge. Our members get to take advantage of several of our business partnerships. Today, I want to talk about one in particular, Ford. As a Mississippi Farm Bureau member, you are eligible for $500 bonus cash on a new Ford truck. Take advantage of this and many other great perks and join us today. Visit your Farm Bureau friends and neighbors at your county office or sign up online today at msfb.org. You can bet the farm on it. Oh, what fun. Mistletoe Marketplace. Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual premier holiday shopping experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. Philium Corporation knows the technology is constantly evolving, especially in these challenging times. With so many people working at home, securing and guarding your company's data on-site or remotely is more critical than ever. As we all adapt to the new normal, Pilium continues to help you stay secure and current with IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems. Contact us at Pilium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? 
What? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Attention, if you deal with anything from minor to extremely hazardous environmental spills, you've got to check out the full line of absorbents at ESI Supply. They've got white and gray absorbent pads by the bundle or by the roll, sock knit broom products, oil gator, oil dry, spill kits, and more. Just because you haven't had a spill doesn't mean you won't. Give the guys at ESI a call to find out more about how you can be prepared and protect your business's liability. 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910. Or visit ESISupply.net. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. numbers that will make no sense to anyone except me and Daniel. 603026. <laughs> now, uh, we're trying to keep up with the computer. Sometimes that's easy, sometimes it's not. Yes, today I have on a jacket too, folks, and socks. Watch out. If you have not already moved your tropical plants in, and as I say, other than the Christmas cactus, everybody's moving indoors today. Um, if, if you haven't done that already, you need to think about it. And if you are in Zone 8A or Zone 7B or Zone 7A going on, you know, north of where I am, you've probably already done all this and you're laughing at the rest of us. <laughs> I did not know um, I, the things we think, the things that we think, right? 
the things that we think, um, sometimes we, we imagine that, that things are fragile. We, we look at, for example, a dragonfly that's so fragile, and they're not. Those little wings that we can see through and that tiny body, well, much as we sadly had to learn last week or a week before maybe it is now that our friends, the moths that bring the army worms, actually hang out on the Gulf Coast all winter and then just ride the currents wherever the, the wind currents go, the thermals, you know, wherever they move them to, that's where they are that year. Well, dragonflies, as it turns out, go Yes, in fact, it, it, they, they, they seem to be true. It seems to be true. They, they looked at globe skimmer dragonflies on the Maldives, all right? Because they shouldn't have been there. They're not native there. I figure they came in from India, and then they flew off again, but they were headed towards Africa. So they've been looking at this migration pattern now for 12 years to try to understand. And frankly, they, they're looking harder now because it's so difficult. It's, it's a difficult thing to understand. You can't put my frame, my famous transmitter on a globe skimmer dragonfly. It's too small. You can't send drones to follow them around. They're too small. The drones are too big. So one, instead, they've been working on the physiology of these creatures and then using some models to understand how long they could stay airborne based on the energy in their body. But, of course, as we all know, if you study hummingbirds, they can't possibly hover as long as they do. If you study bees, honeybees, they can't fly at all because they're over-engineered. You know, they're not. It doesn't. Sometimes our models don't actually reflect what nature is capable of doing. So what we've looked at now, the, the, uh, there have to be favorable winds. And therefore, it's only a particular time of the year that this is going to work for them. But dragonflies can migrate across the Indian Ocean from India to the Maldives to Africa and then back. That's crazy. I need their ability some days, don't you think? 888 888-808-8637 is the Super Talk call line, and the C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. That's a beautiful fish in that photo. Thank you. They're not supposed to bite after a cold front, <laughs> but there they are. <laughs> That's nice. Um, rose bushes do not need to be covered unless they are babies. And in that case, I would probably wait until it gets to be about 35 degrees and keep them from actually freezing. But if a plant is not one that has to be protected, if it's something that is ordinarily intended to be a hardy plant, we don't want to give them too much protection, except in those rare cases where there's a sudden cold snap and your camellias are full of buds or you know the, the, these kind of things. But ordinarily, we don't want to do that because we want the plants to be able to adjust on their own. So don't don't cover what you don't have to. Okay? Okay. I did not know. Um, University of Queensland is, like most universities around the world, involved in efforts to figure out how do we keep doing what we're doing in a sustainable fashion. And in this case, it is um, the way to use what is called marginal farmland. Now, I, I use this term advisedly because it might mean that it stays a little too wet might mean that it stays too dry 
might mean that it's out of the reach of your irrigation system if you live in a dry area, but you've only, you know, everything has its limits. But it also can mean that wild area that we consider the trap, um, where we, we want the insects are going to live over there so they don't live over here. In some cases, it's a pollinator field. In some cases, it's, it's a, you know, a, a different set of plants. But the idea is that what's there won't be in the, the farm itself. And it's also true that as a baffle, it keeps diseases and pests from spreading so quickly from one field to the next. So we understand the idea of this making an emphasis on marginal farmland. That's not unusual. But they've got a national plan now in Australia to restore the habitat on these marginal farmlands to fight climate change by, in one sense, preventing species loss and at the same time putting the money in the farmer's pocket for doing the preservation and the conservation so that they can continue all the benefits of this marginal area. Probably be 0.1% of the the gross domestic product, and it could meet one-sixth of Australia's nationally determined um, contributions that they need to make under the Paris Agreement. So in other words, it's part of making the whole place more sustainable and less intensive in its way of dealing with things, particularly the changing temperatures. We understand Australia has got lots of effects on it, and trying to make these these changes work in their favor is what leads to things like this, which they consider to be a win-win. They want to achieve 30% native vegetation coverage in these degraded areas, in other words, where they've just wiped off the space or where there's nothing but a ditch or a swale, again, it stays too wet, stays too dry, it's out of your purview, but it's a wild area that's not necessarily cultivatable except by the native plants that were there in the first place. So to get that back in would really help, and they do expect it to be on an offset in the carbon issue. Um, a lot of pressure is happening there in the same way that it does in the Amazon. That is to say, land clearing and different fire regimes and the introduction, unfortunately, of some invasive species really do change how these things work. And to put them back to work for the environment itself rather than as part of something that we had to set aside from it is really a win-win. I like it. Smart, smart, smart. University of Cambridge is also encouraging us to think about farming differently so that we can limit it to small areas and therefore that takes us into intensive cultivation practices. When I was coming along we we used to learn about French intensive double digging and we thought that was really funny because by the time you got through with that you were really tired of anything and you didn't want to do anything else because I was working in heavy soil. So under this uh, this notion, we would do that. We wouldn't necessarily dig as deeply, and we wouldn't do that particular thing. But if we'd cultivate the process, the part of the land that is cultivatable, and do it more intensively, then we don't have to get out into the other areas. And indeed, it works better for the environment too. Journal of Zoology is publishing this. Um, there's 11 billion people to be fed. Okay, so when I tell you that, if you just Plant something, you know, plant some onions, plant some garlic, plant some lettuce, (laughs) any of those things, you're going to be helping the situation and you're also going to be eating better. Um, Some species, we understand, do thrive in monoculture. A lot do not. And that is to say one thing in, in 
dozens of fields. Most things do not, and particularly when it comes to food, because people are one, we need to produce food seasonally, it's not always the same crop. So that youth learning to work them together makes a whole lot of difference. Um, I love this. In Europe, you know, we talk about this occasionally here, but it's not often enough. But the, the, the issue is sometimes, what do we do with it afterwards? And we talk about burning grasses and the things that you can do in the country that you can't do in the city, and we, we go through all that all the time. But in this particular case, they're, they've got the goats. They've got my point of view. The light grazing by livestock really does help in a lot of these areas. And what they're telling us is that that in, ter- in turn a, a improves the environment for the native species because it's kind of what used to happen. So if we can put back in some of these practices, concentrating the farming to leave room for the species, both the plants as well as some animals, we'll have a better, a more sustainable and a more eco-friendly type um, agriculture process. It's interesting. That's a uh, University of Cambridge, so that's not anybody hoo-hoo, you know. That's uh ah dragonflies. Isn't that pretty? It was in Kenya, right? That that sort of sight is spiritual. It it didn't didn't have to be almost. It is. I, I had the experience of um, going somewhere to a glade where there were many butterflies and having them land on me and be make me part of their world was very exciting. Uh, very, very exciting. Interesting. Citrus miners. Oh, dear, dear, dear. I hate that. Um, leaf miners on the lemon tree. Sprayed with uh, Captain Jack's. I, I Actually, the leaf miner, it, it works, but you have to continue to use it. And, um, hey, Donna, in Hernando. I was trying to see who that was. But you remove the affected leaves, spray it. Spray it again in about eight days, and if it rains in between, spray in between. We're going to keep that. But Captain Jack will handle them. Um, you do have to get them because you can see that you've kind of got to a point where you've got a lot of them. So you're going to have to get those leaves off of there and get them away from the plant. But, yes, you can you can do this with Captain Jacks. I have done it myself. That's really pretty, though. Really nice-looking tree. I noticed this morning that my lemon is not happy being out in chilly weather and it, the spot for it is almost ready, so that'll be today. Um, this looks like a Tillandsia, an air plant. That's lovely, too, Donna. You're doing exactly the right thing. All it needs, really, is room to grow and a little bit of access to bright light. They are not, they're not difficult at all. If you can, if, it, if it's drying out really rapidly, you may want to move it up to a slightly larger pot, but they don't need a great deal of root area, obviously, because they're mostly living off their their trans their trans let me see how to say this more clearly in case somebody doesn't know what an air plant is. It is a type of bromeliad that is going to work harder to use the air around it than other plants do. Um, and that's why we don't you'll sometimes just see them hanging with their roots in the air too. In this case I can see that the roots are in a container, that's fine. It helps to stabilize the plant. But if you're if you're having any trouble with it, you may you might want to repot it because it, it could use a bigger pot if you wanted it to, or you could take it out and separate it a little bit. But it's a nice plant, very nice in fact. I like air plants. I like the Tillandsias, and I like there are a couple of others, but that's the one that we think of most commonly um, because it is the easiest one to run into, and, and more you're more likely to be given one than than some others. Nice, very very nice. 
Yeah, it's just sitting there. <laughs> she said it's just sitting in that container. Yeah, that's good. As long as the container is supporting it. And that's really all a container is supposed to do, is to hold the plant. So if it if it's doing that and you're misting it and it's in a bright window, uh, it looks to me like you've got some good growth. It's a little bit sprawly, but that's not unusual for that group of plants. Nice. Very nice. We don't think about that. We don't think about the plants that we really can just appreciate and not have to do a great deal to. But there are quite a few of them that we can be growing in the house that need almost no attention. Y'all know that I'm in the midst of collecting um, mother-in-law's tongues. I'm um, I'm once again going to be made a mother-in-law, and I always look forward to that. But I want to collect some more of those plants. They're Sansevierias, and there are at least 70 of them. I don't have that many children, but I, I do have uh, have to have room for that many plants. So I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what you're doing with your plants and pots, but um, many many times we are really surprised when the weather changes and we bring them indoors and suddenly there's just stuff in them you know there's leaves and acorns and maybe even a bug or two make sure that you're cleaning that out just with one sweep of your hand preferably your gloved hand in case there's anything there that's going to bother you get those things cleaned out throw that into the compost and, and let your plants come indoors if you have a very very dry house and you have large pots you are going to want to add a little bit of mulch to the top of the container so that it doesn't have to be watered very often and so that you don't have to worry about whether it's drying out or not. It, it won't in that case. The good news is that if we can just use some of our friends, Schefflera's and Pothas and Philodendrons and Chinese Evergreens, they'll all recycle the air, you know, a couple of times every hour. Who couldn't use that? Speaking of which, <sighs> now there's some air. Cool. It's nice. I think we've made it to autumn. This is Weekend Gardening. What do members of the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation look like? We have members from every corner of Mississippi from all walks of life. All over the state, we see two types of memberships, active members of the farming community and associate members who utilize Farm Bureau services like insurance. All memberships support Mississippi agriculture. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. Oh, what fun! Mistletoe Marketplace. Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual premier holiday shopping experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. People are angry these days, but you don't have to be. Let's get 2021 started right, because somebody out there needs your help. At Gateway Rescue Mission, your donation can provide a meal, 
Your prayer can unlock the power of God to change your life. If we spend more time praying and less time fussing, we can help some people. Go to gatewaymission.org, make a donation, and help change your life today. Spillway Diner would like to salute all healthcare and first responders for putting your life on the line to help so many. You are the true heroes. Thank you from Curtis and staff at Spillway Diner. Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland has your answers for urinary issues. The Incella treatment option for urinary leakage is your solution. Sit down comfortably, remain fully clothed, and get rid of incontinence problems. If you have 10 minutes to spare and think this treatment option could change your life, call Innovative Health Clinic today to set up a free appointment, 601-944-5585, or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Hunting season is almost here, and to help you celebrate our favorite time of the year, we've just got in a huge selection of rifles and shotguns, as well as the ammo to go with them. Our gunsmithing department is offering fast turnaround on firearms that you meant to turn in long before now. The only problem I'm having is my wife, Jane. She got mad at me because I bought a new shotgun for dove season and hadn't said a word to me in two weeks. But, you know, the more I think about it, that's not such a bad thing after all. Everybody, the Yazoo County Fair is back, bigger and better than ever. It's the 93rd annual Yazoo County Fair in Yazoo City from October 15th through the 23rd. Check them out on Facebook or visit yazoo.org. Midway, provided by Miller Spectacular Shows. It's chaos on the car lot! That's right. At Ridgeland Mitsubishi, we're offering such amazing deals that we can't keep the cars on the lot. There's never been a better time to come trade in that ghoulish old car and upgrade to a new Mitsubishi. Plus, at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, you're approved for super low 1.9% APR for 60 months on the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. That's right. 1.9% financing, which will save you thousands. Is your credit history really scary? Our credit team will work to make sure you're approved, no matter how many skeletons are in your closet at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. We want your trade. We'll give you a whole lot for whatever you're driving, dead or alive. So come save like never before with our scary good deals at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. With Propensity Deal for details. Happy to say that uh, Herman the Baskethead, yes, that's right, he's a scarecrow. We have lots of friends that are scarecrows. Has a comfy seat on the porch at Amanda's, and uh, I, I've got to tell you that that those blue pumpkins are the cutest things I've ever seen. That's adorable, so cute. You always see. I love love scarecrows. He's out, you know, pumpkin heads and all this kind of stuff. This one's got a basket head, and he's clearly on the porch. I love that. <laughs> Good morning, Herman. <laughs> That's fun. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. Herman can call or you can call. We can talk about your plants. We can talk about your pumpkins. We can talk about one thing and another. And of course, um, because I'm 
Always happy to see such pictures. The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. That tickles me. I don't know why we do that. I, my, my favorite, um, when my children were little, we, we live on a very busy highway, and there was, until we got a sidewalk last year, there was not trick-or-treating. I have a feeling we're going to have trick-or-treaters this year. I don't know. To think about that. I've noticed more people are decorating their yards because we didn't ever want anybody to get run over in the street. You know, that's a bad thing. So we didn't do all that, but we would decorate a little bit just for the season. And my favorite has always been hay bales stacked so that it makes a bench with a scarecrow sitting on it. I just really enjoy that. In this particular case, and I don't know where he is anymore, I used to have a set of insulated overalls. Clearly not for here. (laughs) Somebody gave them to me when I lived where it was cold. But you could fill those up with more hay and put a shirt on the thing and, yes, a mask or a head or a pumpkin. In my case, it was always my urban gorilla because my favorite Halloween costume has always been to go as a gorilla because you, all you have to do is put the mask on and you're done. And frankly, they're fun. So I, I, I don't know where those things have gone off to. Some of my children have them somewhere. I hope they're using them to decorate with because that was one of my very favorites. I like sugar cane, too. Um, as a decoration and just there's just something about all that that looks so fall and so perfect Kevin's in Monticello and uh, he says it's that he planted a fig tree it's about a foot tall do I need to cover it this year with frost coming no fig trees are tough unless it has had some sort of problem and has not been able to grow or has been over drought over dry or over wet figs are tough you shouldn't have any trouble with that at all I will tell you that any shrubs or trees that you have if, if they've been dry and they're sitting in a dry situation, this would be the day to water deeply and mulch them because going into cold, you know, this is sort of the thing that you see when, they, for example, um, somebody talks about using your irrigation system and they'll tell you to use it, but less in the fall and winter because we don't, we don't need necessarily as much water to the plants and in a rainy season. Well, we're not, we're not in either one of those yet. So watering those shrubs has been very important coming up to now. And particularly if you want to transplant something like a native tree or, or a tree that you planted last year or something like that, do these two things if you're getting ready to move them. By all means, water your trees and shrubs if you haven't done that, and, and they're, particularly if they're young and, and in any kind of stress. Okay, But if couple of weeks from now you'd like to dig this one up and replant it over there or go get one from mama's and you know bring it someplace else then there are a couple of things that you can do Um, pick a site as close to where the the tree has been as you're going to be able to get I always think of people who go into the woods and dig up dogwoods which is not ever a great idea because they don't transplant very easily but people go and dig up dogwoods out of a half a day of sun and plant them directly in the front yard in full sun and wonder why they die first of all they die because they're in full sun second of all they die because they're they're planted too deeply and that's azaleas we think about planting with half the root ball in the ground and pulling the soil up around it dogwoods you have to do that same way and especially if you're transplanting one, you really have to be careful. They will get root rot in a hurry. So what you want to do right now, though, if there is a tree that you intend to dig up and put into another place, even if you're going to pot it up to hold it for somebody because you're moving out of a house or something like that, 
This is the time to go out, go around that tree with a sharp shovel. Sharpshooter is good if it's a big, you know, big enough space, but you can use any shovel to dig around the trunk as far out as you expect to be able to dig up the root ball. For example, if the trunk is two inches in caliper, it's two inches in, in, in uh, diameter, let's say, then you'd want to go out at least four inches on either side and dig that dig that hole or dig that space. All right, then you're, what you're doing is moving those roots from growing out to growing in because every piece that we damage, the root has a chance to regenerate. And at that point, we hope that it will regenerate towards the inside. So do that. And then you'll be ready to, it'll be much easier to lift the plant out of the soil, but particularly in the, the kind of weather that we're looking at, where it's not really wet, not really dry. It's a good time to do this kind of work. All right. So put that on your list. Um, Kevin and Monticello, you are, you are very, very welcome. Um, now that you've told me this is a fourth generation tree, I'm going to worry about it with you, <laughs> but it's going to be fine not to worry. If you don't have mulch around it, by all means, give it some mulch. If you, if you haven't watered it and it's in a full sun location and, and the soil is dry around it, do water it deeply today. That would be a really good idea. Uh, let's see. Varnado's over in Louisiana. Howdy. Welcome in. Thank you so much. My neighbor wants me to trim her mulberry trees. When should this be done? Well... Certainly not right this minute. Um, most of the time we think about pruning mulberry trees when they're young and in the winter. So if this is an old mulberry tree that has to be pruned for some kind of reason, maybe it's too crowded or it's gotten too big or it's leaning on the house or something, still do that work in the winter time. You might want to go out now, for example, and mark um, the, I always think about this as crime scene tape, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be any kind of ribbons or something that would mark the ones that you want to prune. For example, if you have branches that are too crowded on one side or that things are not doing as well as you like. But if it's just to cut it lower, make it be smaller, I wish you didn't have to do that. But if you do, do it when the leaves are off in the center of the winter. Okay? That's tough. I do love mulberry trees. We've gotten much more fond of them. People used to consider them messy, and now that we're much more into our wildlife sustenance and whatnot, those are some trees that you can count on to do good good work for you. Um, I I don't shovel very much. I, I do know I do shovel, but I don't shovel very much. Appreciate that comment. Thank you. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. I don't know if you have been worrying about this or not, but I've been looking at, I've got some perennials that are now with a gray fungus on them. They are crowded. They, they need some work. I recognize all of that. And you probably have some like this as well. When, you're, when you are going to transplant perennials, make sure, again, you're not planting them deeper than they were growing. And I'm, I think that's part of what's happened to one of mine is that it has simply sunk. So I'm going to be lifting those out. Actually, I'm going to be lifting the things around them out first because I've got some annuals in that area that I'm going to lift out and do something else with. But I've got to work on this, um, get these things so that they're not so gray and messy. Those are not the leaves that you want to send into winter, believe me. Just not going to work. <laughs> um, planting red maples in Clinton. I'll give you some tips in the next hour, but that's going to be between November and February. 
All right now, there's some good advice. Here comes some more. This is Weekend Gardening. November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual premier holiday shopping experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. What does Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation stand for? Everything we do is built around attaining a better life for Mississippi farmers and ranchers and all Farm Bureau members. Things like rural broadband and private property rights, funding for roads and bridges, and our Child Saver program. We think these are outstanding causes, and hopefully you do too. Because when Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. At Green Home Solutions, we make air better. Indoor air pollution can cause health risks, such as asthma, eye issues, itchy and sore throats, respiratory problems, and skin irritations. Green Home Solutions provides you the indoor air quality you want for your home or business without indoor air pollutions and without the use of harmful chemicals. Create a balanced, healthy, and clean environment with Green Home Solutions. We make air better. Call me, owner Michael Keaton, at 601-988-7840 or look for us on Facebook. When you choose Roto-Rooter, you'll get honest estimates and no-hassle guarantee so you can get it fixed quickly and enjoy peace of mind. We're there for you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, day and night, holidays, and weekends. We've been providing service to Mississippi for over 80 years. Call the original Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. Mention this ad to receive $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a wink on troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Ahead of the Supreme Court's review of Mississippi's 15-week abortion ban, Attorney General Lynn Fitch said there's a chance to re-examine Roe v. Wade and get clarity for individual states. For 50 years, you've had this blurry lines about when is viability, who should really be in charge, and you've got so many different federal courts that have had a number of different decisions, again, making it a very blurry line for everyone involved. The court will hear oral arguments in the case on December 1st. And despite assurances from the education establishment that they are not promoting critical race theory, a report from the Mississippi Center for Public Policy offers up evidence that it is being advanced in Mississippi. CEO Douglas Carswell says parents have to pay attention. If they are teaching about equity rather than equality, the chances are that they are advocating an inherently Marxist agenda. To see the report, visit supertalk.fm. I'm Andy Davis. Maybe you love the smell of freshly cut grass. Maybe you love the aroma of steaks on the grill. Steel has the outdoor power equipment to get you there. 
from the dependable performance of our leaf blowers to the legendary power of our chainsaws. Find your perfect backyard with outdoor power tools starting at just $139.99. Real steel. Find yours at over 10,000 local dealers and at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. Whether you look forward to working on your outdoor space or for what comes after, Battery Power Made by Steel has the outdoor tools to get you there. From the reliable power of our chainsaws and mowers to the quiet performance of our blowers and trimmers, enjoy more of the sounds of fall with the AK Homeowner Series of Battery Tools starting at $199.99. Real Steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com. All prices MSRP available participating dealers while supplies last. In the next legislative session, Secretary of State Michael Watson says his focus will be on election integrity. Making sure that only United States citizens are voting in our elections. Was it a couple months ago now where 90 illegal immigrants were dropped off in Natchez, Mississippi? So when people say it's not an issue, and had someone not called it, there'd been more. Uh, so you got that. You've got the southern border. It's going to mm -hmm. be an issue. And we heard last year in the legislature, and, and I, I couldn't believe it, but basically was told, no, we don't need that. It's not an issue. Uh, excuse me. Yes, it is. And if you're a procrastinator, take note. Lillian Wu with Fox has the details on suggested holiday mailing deadlines. The Postal Service recommends sending cards and other mail by December 15th if you're using ground service. The same for most FedEx ground packages. The first class mail deadline, December 17th. Priority mail users can wait until December 18th. For those who really want to push it, December 23rd for Priority Mail Express. For Super Talk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. As we head into the backside of October and make the clubhouse turn on the Southeastern Conference football schedule, Alabama is at Mississippi State tonight, 6 o'clock kick in Starkville, 4 o'clock airtime on the MSU Football Network. Ole Miss is at Tennessee, 6.30 kickoff in Knoxville, 4.30 the airtime on the Ole Miss Football Network. Georgia takes on Kentucky for the top spot in the East. Both teams are 4-0, 6-0 overall. Alabama is 2-1 leading the West. But Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State are all 1-1. Arkansas and LSU and Texas A&M are 1-2 in the West Division. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles are at home today to take on the UAB Blazers. 2-30 is the kickoff in Hattiesburg. The Golden Eagles are 1-5, looking to break a losing skid, 0-2 in Conference USA, while UAB is 4-2 and 2-0 in Conference USA. This is Supertalk Sports Mississippi. Sports is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson, Jr., and those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men. The boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood. And there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it. And you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill or go online at coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association and Warner Ladder. 
In SWAC football action, Jackson State has homecoming against Alabama State. That'll be a 2 o'clock kick at Mississippi Veterans Memorial Stadium. The Jackson State Tigers are 2-0 in the East Division, 4-1 overall. Alabama State is 2-1 in the East Division, 3-2 overall. Then in the west of the SWAC, it's Prairie View at 3-0. Alcorn State is 2-0, and Alcorn State is at Mississippi Valley this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Gulf South Conference action finds Mississippi College at Shorter today. That's a noon kickoff. North Greenville is at Delta State taking on the Statesmen, who are looking for the first conference win of the season. That's a 2 o'clock kick in Cleveland. And the Major League Baseball playoffs are in the League Championship Series. In the American League Championship Series, the Astros are taking on the Red Sox. Game 2 today at 3 o'clock. In the National League Championship Series, it will be the Braves taking on the Dodgers in Game 1 of that series. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome in for another hour of what I consider to be the best two hours of my week. I don't know about you. Thank you very much for that. I do appreciate all of you who send me texts and notes that tell me that you listen every week. That means the world to me, and yet yeah, also means the world to the advertisers. So please let them know how much you appreciate this program and all the ones that you hear on this particular part of the world. Um, we, we consider ourselves a radio, but we are. Yeah, that's true. You can. Hello. <laughs> you can see me anytime you want at supertalk.tv. And, of course, we have lots of ways to correspond with one another. We have got the Supertalk call line, 888-808-8637. The C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Those are always up and running when I am here, if at all possible, unless, of course, the elves have gotten in before me and turned something off. But they don't do that very often, so we don't have to shout much. We get a chance to do actual radio conversation, and I appreciate you for that so, so much. It's also true that you might be listening to the rebroadcast. You might be taking a bit of the broadcast into your pocket as an on-demand from supertalk.fm, or you might be using the podcast to keep you company. I appreciate however you're doing that and look forward to more of it. People learn a lot of information from how long other people hesitate before they make a decision. If you have ever waited tables, you know, or, or counter either way, if you've ever waited on people to decide what they're going to eat, you know how long it can take people sometimes and how frustrating it can be. If there's four choices, it can still take them four choices to go through. What they found out, though, at the Ohio State, I'm always tempted to say, like the, the football players do, the Ohio State University, um, they found that when people saw others in their group hesitating, they were more than twice as likely to make a different choice than the group was making. Isn't that interesting? That's how that works. <laughs> David, you're in Oak Grove. Start us off this hour, please. What are you planting? Hello. Hi, David. Start us off this hour. What are you planting? Uh, got a question on how many uh, seed I need to plant for mustard and turnips. I've got a garden that's about a tenth of an acre, mm-hmm. and uh, there's about 
two, over 200,000 seed from what I've read and a pound of mustard and turnip. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about a 60 or about an ounce, which would be, you know, roughly 13,000 mm-hmm. seed for that. Is there any rule of thumb on how many you should plant? Now, I'm not going to do it in a row. It's going to be broadcast. Mm-hmm. But is there any rule of thumb on how many seed you need without just overplanting? We usually think of turnips and mustard, um, if I can bring it down to a, a smaller space for a gardener-type space that you then multiply out from, we're looking at a one square foot. We would be looking at no more than an eighth of an ounce of seeds, and that would be thick, okay? So, yeah, you're up in the right department talking about that many. i got to caution you, though, if you're going to broadcast, it's going to be tough to cultivate them. And and I just want to encourage you to put at least one walkway through there so you can get out there. Well, <laughs> there's going to be I some other weeds. <laughs> and I've, I found that I've also been mixing crimson clover mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. it, and it's it's good to amend the soil. And sure. So basically, sure. you know, we won't pick five percent of the the turnips and mustard. You know, even on that small. So you're doing it as a cover crop for next year. That's correct. Those yes, are great I, choices. I, Those are real good choices. It will crimson. Mm-hmm. Hey, one other thing. Sure. Um, I called you earlier. I had some really bad fire blight on my uh, pear trees, and my mm-hmm. pear trees are probably you know seven or eight years old and mm-hmm. they're very good. It looks like they weathered the storm. Uh, none of them died. Good. Um, but will they pretty much get back to normal next year? Because they really, I'd say probably they lost half their leaves you know, shriveling up from the fire flight. Do you think they will recover fully, uh, you know, for next spring and everything? We hope so. And there are two things that you can do. The first is to make sure that every leaf that falls off of there and every bit of that the damage that you've cut off, that you keep it away from everything else. Obviously, that sanitation is extremely important. And then, no matter what else you might be going to do, you may decide you want to try to do something else, but make sure that in January... After you do whatever necessary pruning, you have to do as little as possible on a tree that's in this kind of stress. But when you when you do have to do a little bit of it, even if you don't have to prune anything, be sure that you spray with horticultural oil seriously deeply this winter because that's going to help. All that it does is to help the tree suppress other problems that are coming up on it, and that in turn helps it. It doesn't help it avoid, but it helps it forestall the damage from the thing that we know it's got. (laughs) Fire blight is such an ongoing problem. We hear about the treatments for it. They're basically streptomycin, and that's a very expensive way to go, and it's not something that people do that much anymore. Um, But we do an awful lot of sanitation, and we do an awful lot of oil spray to help the trees get started for the next year. Fertilize very lightly. There's all kind of other pieces of this puzzle, but um, we, we want them to be able to recover, and we don't want to push them too hard. All right. Thank you so much. Does that much. make sense? I hope it does. It does. Okay. It does. Thank you so much for all the advice. Thank you so much. I want to see your field one of these days. Send me some pictures. That's great. That's great. On the text line um, from the the tail end of the previous hour about planting maple trees, red maple trees, yes, um, I love that. It's going to be, like everything else, it's going to be winter planting, and generally that means November through February, but this particular um, year... I'm going to I'm going to push it a little bit farther out and say go in go go get the tree but be sure that you're waiting until cold weather has set in before you decide to plant it. The same is true with apple trees. Got a question about that this morning. Um 
and if you if you gave if you get um, a, a one an apple tree is it it's close to planting time yes it'll be close this winter January is when we usually find them and um, you want to make a well drained soil that's all that you need to do for it it needs a little sand or a little bark or something and you don't want it to sit in wet feet and that's really the only trick <laughs> there's a uh, that's interesting. Thank you very much, Ken and Jackson, for listening. I appreciate that very, very much. Didn't know about a lot of this other stuff. And fig cuttings. Oh, goodness. Well, fig cuttings, when you prune the fig tree in January, is the time to take the cuttings. Um, that's the, the best um, That's the best way. Thank you, James. <laughs> Thank you. Botany jokes. Oh, someone after my own heart. And when they're punny, they're even funnier. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Thank you from the for, um, my friends at the Harvest Barn Church. They're, I think that's Picayune, isn't that right? Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful one. Beautiful flowers. And what they're letting us know, of course, is that the six hours apart on started out bright white on the Confederate rose and then aged. Um, it, it's it's called it's called Confederate rose, or it's called fall hibiscus it has a bunch of different names but it is a very specific one it's so specific to the deep south that uh, you'll find them if you go down interstate 55 for example uh, the magnolia trees give way to confederate roses as as plants that they have chosen to plant in the rows of the median of the freeway it's such a classic plant and they are lovely right now um let me see now russ in madison hello sir thank you for being here what is on your mind today? Hey, Russ, what's going on? Good morning, Garden Mama. Howdy. You sound good today. What's up? We're, we have a corner of our yard that is in complete shade every day, all day long. And what we are planning on doing is putting in fern and uh, hostas. But there's a, a ground cover of jasmine all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it, it just creeps everywhere. We're trying to get rid of it in order to plant. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> it's tough. It, and, and for that matter, it's hard to get a ground cover to get established in the shade. Okay, so I would take advantage of what you have and only get rid of what you absolutely have to to plant the other things. It's going to be digging. It, you can do some spraying, but the spraying's not going to be nearly as effective as physical removal. I, I can tell you this with great confidence. The shadiest part of my property, the only thing in it is the little jasmine that you're talking about, Asiatic jasmine, tracheolospermum, for those people who are interested in the botanic name. But it literally, I, I mow it. I cut it down with the string trimmer. I walk on it. I lay furniture on it. I do all sorts of, and it still grows. <laughs> so. Would it would it help to put uh, roofing tar paper down? It wouldn't hurt. Then you could dig a hole and plant through that. But you, ju- it's going to always be an issue. So I say, put it to work for you and not against you. Clear an area that you can clear. Plant it. Keep it. You know, put down some landscape fabric to plant through to help to keep the weeds from coming up. But just be aware that they're always going to be there. It's and, and it's really the good news is it it won't the the soil won't erode away from you because the 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 shady ground cover has been able to take over. But to right. to take an area, carve the area out, and then you'll just have to keep working on it because that's a tough one. I know it's going to be beautiful though because you're a good gardener. 
Oh, thank you. I know. I've seen your yard. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Have a wonderful day out there. This is somebody that gardens. I mean, this is is real gardening going on here. Y'all don't know who Russ is, but I do. Y'all, I had somebody tell me this week, everybody must, you must know everybody. Those people call you and it's just like you're talking to your next door neighbor. No, I don't. I've never seen hardly any of y'all in person. And I mean before the pandemic. That's why it's radio. It's theater of the mind. We can be as close friends as we want to because we're on the radio together. And believe you me, this is a rarefied atmosphere. (laughs) No question about that. Jimbo wants to know if we should trim back hydrangeas before we add the winter mulch. I'll tell you, um, I'm cutting some of mine back, but I'm only cutting the flowers off because I want to put them into uh, some decorations. So this is not the time to prune them, but you can take the flowers off with that first set of leaves that's right underneath them. But that's all you want to do at this point. Uh, The hydrangeas will appreciate being trimmed, trimmed up a little bit, neatened up, so that those flowers don't shatter and go everywhere. But it's not a good time to be pruning on them, okay? Uh, let's see. Um, no, 15 feet is far enough. We're talking about how far away to plant apples from stuff. Oh, this is tough. Um, and, and I hesitate to start this argument. But Keith and J.S. says, <clears throat> this is a quote on the text line. My wife is complaining the live oak tree limbs about knock her off the lawnmower. When is a good time for cutting those back? There isn't one, is the first answer. Um, the, the, the second one is mulch under the live oak and plant flowers under it or plant bulbs under it. But if you can avoid it, the, the reason we grow a live oak, at least in part, the reason we grow magnolia grandiflora in part is because we have these beautiful reaches at the base of the tree. This, the space that it goes out from its trunk is magnificent. It's also what makes the tree stable, and it's also what gives it its, its character, but also its ability to grow for 200 years. All right? So if you have to take off lower branches on a live oak or any other kind of tree, do so in the dead part of winter so that they don't sprout back again, and try not to take anything off that's bigger around than your wrist. Mm-hmm. That's right, your wrist. If you can possibly get the grass out from under there and put a ground cover so you don't have to get under there to mow, the tree and I will be much happier. But I recognize, I, I, I mean, I've... I've had to mow yards where you had to duck to get under the tree limbs. I know exactly what you're talking about, <laughs> and it's not fun. But the solution is to recast that area as a mulch bed and, and let it be its, its own thing. Um, you might want to plant some of those hosses and ferns that, that the folks that Russ and the folks in Madison are trying to plant. Why not, huh? Oh, goodness, goodness. I know. <laughs> he says, I know. I love them, but I'm not mowing the grass. I know you're not mowing the grass, but that's my point. Tell her she doesn't have to either. <laughs> tell her, tell her, honest to goodness, you don't have to. You can make it into a mulch bed so it's pretty. And it's, it's not something that you have to do. But if you have to cut them, cut them in the middle of the winter. Um, I've, I have long ago learned that I can give you the advice from the point of view of the plant and the point of view of my experience and the point of view of general horticulture. Sometimes they're the same. Sometimes they're not. And sometimes you don't listen anyway, which is okay because I still love you. It's all right. It's your garden. One of the things about gardening, you know, is that we are able to 
do it. We're able to control what happens. Okay? It's not true in the rest of the world, in case you hadn't noticed. You can't necessarily control the traffic. Well, you can't. You can't control the traffic. You can't control the weather. can't even control when your neighbors have a fight. Okay? Just there's none of those things are in your control. But how far apart the radishes are in the bed and how often you prune the hydrangeas, those are all things in your control. The good news is we like that. <laughs> all right. Can I use garlic that I buy in the grocery store to plant, and do they need full sun? Um... Yes, you can plant them, pop it apart, plant the clove. Don't don't peel it. Don't peel the individual clove, but do pop it apart. They they usually will grow. Occasionally, they will have been treated to prevent sprouting in storage, and in that case, they probably won't. But in that case, you're probably buying the ones in the little boxes. Those are generally just over time. We've learned that those are more treated to not sprout than the ones that you would buy as loose or bulk garlic. Um, yes, you can plant those. And yeah, you can go ahead and plant those. We're on the tail end of planting those, even in Zone 8, but it's there's no reason not to do it. Uh, let's see. I planted cilantro in the spring, and it grew tall and lanky. Um, well, Sandra, that's because it probably wasn't in quite enough sun, but that's okay. Yes, you can pinch it off so it'll bunch out and keep on growing. You absolutely can. You can pinch cilantro several times. Um, I noticed today when I was getting ready to come to work, that my parsley plants, which of course grow very, very much like cilantro does, uh, I left them too close together because I wanted them to form a little patch of parsley in the in the box that I'm growing them in, and they really are starting to take each other apart. So I get to go in with my tiny, tiny little, you know, you know what cuticle scissors are? Don't cut your cuticles. Use them in the garden. They're the little ones with the rounded tip. Cut those all. Cut those little plants. Don't because you don't want to pull up roots of roots around established plants. But you can trim off and eat what you want. And yes, I'm serious. Don't cut your cuticles. Push them. That's a discussion for another day. And don't look at my nails. I, I know from people that do a better job than I do. <laughs> I don't know what's on your mind today, but Stevie says don't worry. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. You know, I speak very, very fluent Spanish. Todo está bien. Chévere. Marketplace. Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual Premier Holiday Shopping Experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. How did Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation impact rural broadband internet? In January of 2019, Governor Phil Bryant signed a law allowing our state's 25 electrical cooperatives to offer high-speed internet options. Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation lobbied in support of this bill to improve the quality of life for all Mississippians. Because when Mississippi thrives, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online 
at msfb.org. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Your fresh seafood headquarters. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Seeing is believing with up to 14 types of saltwater fillets. Gulf Seafood Outlet. Highway 51 in Ridgeland, just past Lake Harbor Drive, 601-790-9407. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our weekend special. Save up to $800 on Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds, plus special financing. Ends Monday. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Jones Sign Company would like to salute all healthcare and first responders for putting your life on the line to help so many. You are the true heroes. Johnny Jones and the crew salute you. Thank you from Jones Sign Company. Innovative Health Clinic in Ridgeland has your answers for urinary issues. The Incella treatment option for urinary leakage is your solution. Sit down comfortably, remain fully clothed, and get rid of incontinence problems. If you have 10 minutes to spare and think this treatment option could change your life, call Innovative Health Clinic today to set up a free appointment, 601-944-5585, or online at InnovativeHealthClinic.net. The hunt is over for all your deer camp setup needs at Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile in Bolton since 1871. Get your food plot set up with mixes from Pennington, J&J, and Wax Company, along with ryegrass from Nelson and Marshall. And don't forget the wheat for those doves, along with fertilizer, spreaders, and sprayers. Feeders by Boss Buck Gravity and Moultrie, filled with rice bran original, peanut butter, persimmon, along with corn, mineral salt, as well as that Buck Robber game attractant. Game cameras, hunting license, wasp and bug sprays, and much, much more. Gaddis McLaurin Mercantile, your deer camp setup specialist. Downtown Bolton since 1871. Hurry! Run! Get to the car! It's coming! Start the car! What are you waiting for? I knew I should have gone the Mazda of Jackson! Get rid of that creepy old car you've been driving around in and upgrade to a new vehicle during our model year clearance at Mazda of Jackson. All the 2021s must go, and we're giving you amazing savings on every last one of them. Get 0.9% financing for 36 months on all new Mazdas. That's 0.9% on every new Mazda in stock. This will save you thousands in finance charges. Plus, get your first year of oil changes on us with every new Mazda purchase. You can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile warranty from Mazda of Jackson. Is your credit history scary? Our credit team will work to get you approved no matter how many skeletons are in your closet. <laughs> Bring in your current vehicle and we'll give you the best possible price for it, no matter how creepy it is. So get to Mazda of Jackson today, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. I-55 French Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. See dealer for details with approved credit on select models. Come and listen in to the radio station where the mighty hosts of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from the land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. And listen to the music in the air. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Heaven glory share. glory share. Turn your lights down low. Turn your lights down low. And listen to the master's radio. Get in touch with God. Get in touch with God. Turn your radio. Thank you so much for deciding that weekend gardening belongs in your bailiwick and for all the kind things that you have said to me today. That is really sweet. On the text line, of course, you are, well, I don't blush, but if I could, I would 
have very pink cheeks at this point. I don't. I don't. I don't I've never been one to blush. I uh, I think about it. I feel blushed, but I don't actually look it. We were looking yesterday, a friend of mine and I were looking at the way that um, you you think over time <laughs> that, that your skin would not be all these different colors. And and in, if you wear sandals like I do all the time, then you, you wear them on your feet even when you're not having them on because your skin is darker where the sandals aren't. But I'm, I'm fascinated at, by this whole business of rotating plants we it, we can't do it for ourselves but yes if you're going to sunbathe or do those things you're supposed to turn over and do that kind of stuff and at once someone sent me a picture this week though and reminded me to say to people who bring plants indoors they need to be rotated in this case it was a, a plant leaning really far to the left toward the window like as if it was crying trying to get through the window you know don't do that rotate the plant walk through there part of the um, integrated pest management, the walk the garden every day that you hear me talk about all the time, of course, is straight out for getting that chance to see what's happening. And you may not even notice that it has leaned, but if you don't notice it and you don't remember to turn it, then you end up with one that has really needs to be turned and you may have to actually prop it up on the other side. So pay a little bit of attention to that um, and and take care of it. This is great. I, I've been wondering when somebody was going to grow Miss Figgy because I have seen, I've only seen them, I've read about them. They're in the Southern Living Plant Collection, and um, Corinne has one. But she says it's got a lot of ripened figs. They look ripe, but they don't taste so good. And do, do, will next year be better? It seems late for them to be ripening. Well, we do get figs that ripen in October in Zone 8. Um, we, when we're very, very lucky, we get june and june crop and we would say september october crop you know and that's those are all those are both very rational times for figs to be bearing if they are that type of fig that can do that now i don't know miss figgy isn't renowned for having two crops but it is a good fig that they have developed and decided that they want to put into the world and name and and call it their own and when southern living does that for a plant i'm willing to give it a shot i may not buy one but i'm willing to give it in consideration and look at it maybe i will buy one i don't know we'll we'll wait and see but my my advice to her is it could be that it's just been not quite right for them to ripen entirely, or it could be that they ripened quickly. You know, both of those things can happen, and the fig isn't too terrific. But if they, what she's going to do now is is to pick um, some of the ripe ones for today and put them into a bowl and put them on the counter. Sometimes it just takes that warmer environment inside the house to ripen a fig anyway. You find that they, they sometimes they go to mush in 24 hours, and sometimes they actually go to perfection. So she's going to check that out and let us know about it. Um, I don't know anything else about them except that they're supposed to be good. <laughs> they're, they're, they have a good reputation, let's put it this way. Courtney and Flora, first-time texter, welcome in. I want to clean up the tree line around my property. What would be the best way to clean it and keep it clean from the small underground undergrowth, but to let the trees thrive. Is there anything you suggest to plant so it's not just briars and vines, and when should I do this? That's a really good question. Um, the tree line is always a problem, and the most the best way to get the other things under control is consistency, whether it's with a string trimmer or whatever device you use for that sort of thing. That That's the start. Um, 
then if you have the opportunity along the tree line to, to be sure that the trees are well spaced, that also helps because it gives you a little bit more sun for the things in between to grow in. What it comes down to in terms of replacing those briars and whatnot is really what do you want to see? What do you want to be growing? And I can tell you that Perennials like Rudbeckia can take that setting if there's enough sunlight for them. If you're growing, if you're growing briars and they're producing berries, you have enough sunlight to grow black-eyed Susans, and those are a really good choice because they they have foliage almost all year long, and they have foliage at the most important times, which is of course in, from the spring through the fall, for you to look at and to, to have it be pretty and to also control that other growth that comes up. So you can consider what plants you're going to put in there. Knock all that stuff down. I'm going to get landscape fabric of the tightest sort that I can find and lay that in there and build the bed underneath those plants so that then I can come in and and we'll have control, a little bit more control anyway, over where those plants come up that are in the way. They will be suppressed after you get, if you take them down a couple of times, they'll be suppressed. But there are a lot of things you can plant in there. If it's real dark, go for things like a juga or that jasmine that we were talking about um, with the other collar. But if you have a little bit of sun, if you have enough sun that you're making berries on those briars, then you have a lot bigger opportunity for some perennials particularly. That would be fun. Um, (laughs) The the whole tree line issue sometimes becomes how much do you want to see and how much do you not want to see? And frankly, I agree with you that it's better to clear out the stuff underneath it and be able to see a little bit. Makes a lot of sense to me. I like it. Um, let's see. Did I get that? I got the hydrangea question. Um, interesting. 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 Oh, that's just a beautiful coxcomb. I don't know who this is, so we're going to say Marion Meridian. But hello. Beautiful, beautiful coxcomb. Love, love, love that. Donna's back. Donna's looking at the brown tips on the air plants. How often do I miss it? And should I cut off the brown tips? Cut the brown tips off whenever they appear. Um, and yes, miss it. You can miss it every day if it's in a sunny window. If it's not, you don't want to have it get too wet. If it's in a sunny window, though, and you're not missing it, you're more likely to get the, the tips. Okay. So that's good information. Good good point of view, rather. Um, and ornamental grasses. Um, Courtney, I think you're probably thinking about putting them in... And uh, I have to say it depends on what it is, but if it's an, uh, something, an ornamental grass like a penicetum or something that's not going to be more than two and a half or three feet tall, that's going to be a lovely line underneath there. But if you get into the larger ones, then you're going to end up filling spaces where you might actually want to be seeing tree trunks and, and other things that are pretty. So that would be my suggestion. Ornamental grasses if they're short. Um, and I, I have to tell you, here in the report from the sidewalk planting, y'all are just lucky I'm not a younger woman. If I was a younger woman, I would tell you exactly what landscaper put these grasses out in front of all of our houses in the what, what's called the hell strip because it's hard to grow anything there. It's between the sidewalk and the street, okay? Picks up all the air pollution, all the car pollution, all the, the dirt, all the dust, all the everything. And, in fact... My latest dilemma is the people riding up onto the sidewalk that won't go down to the driveway. They instead ride over the plants to get up on the sidewalk when what looks like a three-wheeler because it's a great big wide tire. It's not a bicycle. It's a big old wide tire. So 
I'm going to plant thorny things. <laughs> I'm going to make my own hell strip. <laughs> I'm going to replace the things that they tear up with. I'm just saying it wasn't a good choice. Let me just put it that way. They put three what looks like they might be azaleas. They look like they could be macranthas. I'm not really sure. They never bloom this year, and they don't grow either because they're, they were planted high, but they don't have anything pulled up around them. So half their roots are sticking out of the dirt. Um, and the, the grasses themselves are just, they're not very pretty. They're, they're, they haven't had a chance to grow, and no one came along. This goes for miles through my neighborhood, okay? Nobody came along and said, do this, do that, or can the Neighborhood Association, because I'm part of that, can the Neighborhood Association give out some information or any of that kind of stuff? It's just been random info. Some of them are beautiful. Some people get out, they, they've got nothing but lawn, they go down to that strip, and they've been cultivating them, and they've actually put in um, some really pretty little tiny drift roses and stuff, and those are lovely. But uh, the rest of us, and my neighbors are all gone because his floods. <laughs> Why am I ranting about this? Because when it's public property and public visual, I mean, I don't mean that the, they don't own it, but when, when it's public property that you're going to see, as opposed to the privacy of your backyard, it makes a difference. It really does make a difference. And when a city or a contractor or whomever made this decision makes a decision, it affects everybody. So think about it before you do it. And if you're like me, you're trying, if you happen to live on this stretch in the center part of our capital city, <laughs> let me know what you're going to do. Because <laughs> we've all got to do something. The interesting thing, though, of course, you know, ornamental grasses, they planted these last year, but they were not very big. They put them in in the fall. So I didn't go out and trim mine back. I don't think anybody did. We generally mound up ornamental grasses in January. But I didn't do that to the ones out along the street. I'm going to do that this year. It'll be interesting to see what happens. You can see it's not, wouldn't have been my choice. But then they didn't ask me, and I do have a sidewalk. So I'm reminded of a story that my mother used to do. My mother used to tell it wasn't a story, it was true. Um, I grew up in Monroe, Louisiana, and at one point the mayor of our town went, I'm not exactly sure what all, I was young, but there was controversy. And he was charged with crimes and all these things. I don't know whatever happened. But I can tell you that my mother's attitude was that she had moved on to a basically dirt road at the edge of town, still in the city, still in the town, and the mailboxes were down at the corner. And that mayor paved the street and brought the mailboxes to the individual houses. And my mother's attitude was, well... Might be a crook, but he's my crook. <laughs> he's the guy. He fixed my part. I'm not saying any of that's okay. And she wouldn't either if she was here. But I am going to say that you have to look at what happens in terms of the many things, the many aspects of what happens. I have a feeling the person who grew all of these grasses that got planted got a very good price for them, was happy to do it. It was a good contract, so I celebrate that. I know they can be beautiful because I have seen a few of them in bloom last year, just a few, and I'm, I know they can be lovely if we're able to keep them all going. I just don't want it to look like somebody stuck a bunch of junk out in front of my house and then ran over it with a three-wheeler. <laughs> so that's my problem. Plant kudzu. No, that's not going to work. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Oh, goodness, more beautiful things. Y'all are so sweet. Y'all send me the prettiest pictures. Goodness gracious. And I have to say, it, it does look an awful lot better with a sidewalk than it did before. Even if it was just gravel in the hell strip, I would be happy about that. I, I never knew about those places. I never knew what that was called because I didn't grow up with sidewalks. I grew up at the edge of town with what had been a dirt road that faces the levee, okay? So I didn't know about those things. When I got to the West Coast and was living with sidewalks, I discovered that there were street trees. And they wanted, in the, the town I was living in at the time, they wanted us to pick the street tree that was going to be in front of the house, you know? Because they had a, a choice and there was a project. And I was so amazed to see them come out and take out entire pieces of the sidewalk, squares of it, and work the soil up a little bit and plant trees in it. Well, the reason for that is partly air cleaning, partly neighborhood improvement, partly it just looks better, and partly because, yes, mm-hmm, that's right, then the person, the politician, the agency, the whatever it was that decided to do that gets to take credit for it because they were beautiful. In the case of this, it was California, so it was flowering plum trees. They had purple leaves. They were gorgeous. But they weren't there until somebody made that decision to do that. So guard your decisions when you go out, especially in your front yard. When you make decisions, guard those decisions and make sure that when you're doing them, you understand somebody else is going to look at them and they're probably going to talk about you. Now, at my house, they're talking about me right now. I can hear them because my French drain collapsed in the midst of all of the construction and stuff. So I have two holes in my yard where the French drain used to be underneath it and it fell in. Well, I'm probably not going to dig those up. I'm just going to plant something there. And then I have to find another way to get the water out from under the house. <laughs> but those are the, the kind of decisions and the judgments that we make based on experience and also based on, quite frankly, resources. Because I don't know about y'all, but putting in another French drain at this point in, in my gardening career is not really anything I'm likely to be doing. One in three children with food allergies say that they have been bullied by somebody at school because of their condition. Um, I don't think that's right. I think that we should be teaching our kids not to do that. I, I, I got to tell you, though, bullying's been around a long time, and those of us who were bullied, and bullied pretty well, had to get tough. I never hit back, but I sure did get sharp with my puns and my words. That's because my parents named me Nellie with no middle name. That's right. I was not a small child, and Nellie rhymes with belly, smelly, all kind of things that you don't even want to think about if you're a 10-year-old girl, believe me bullying over food allergies what is wrong with you people teach your children not to do that and if your kid does it tell them what's wrong with you maybe you should have a food allergy Rrr. stick around this is weekend gardening oh what fun mistletoe marketplace Join us November 3rd through 6th for the 41st annual premier holiday shopping experience at the Mississippi Trademark in Jackson. As you may know, each year Mistletoe Marketplace offers unique shopping and entertainment. We have special events throughout Mistletoe Marketplace that are sure to excite those young and the young at heart. Buy your tickets today to join the festivities. Funds raised through this beloved event make it possible for the Junior League of Jackson to host over 30 community projects and initiatives. What do members of the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation look like? We have members from every corner of Mississippi from all walks of life. 
All over the state, we see two types of memberships, active members of the farming community and associate members who utilize Farm Bureau services like insurance. All memberships support Mississippi agriculture. When Mississippi farmers thrive, we all thrive. You can bet the farm on it. To learn more about the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, visit us online at msfb.org. No drip roofing in construction. The name says it all. Whatever Mother Nature can dish out, no drip roofing in construction can take care of it. With no deposits up front required. 601-371-1051. 601-371-1051. Are you having sewer and drain problems? Call the experts. Roto-Rooter. Since 1934, Roto-Rooter Plumbing has been fixing small home disasters. Mention this ad for $25 off any service. Call Roto-Rooter, 601-353-3333. That's 601-353-3333. Call Roto-Rooter, that's the name. And a winkle troubles down the drain. Roto-Rooter. I'm looking forward to a play date with my granddaughter. <laughs> I can't wait to get together with my friends for a backyard barbecue. If you're 65 or older, you're starting to get back to doing things you love. Did you know even healthy adults 65 and older are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia? It's a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can disrupt your life for weeks. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13 valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Ask your doctor or pharmacist today about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. Who said food? Who said rides? Who said free parking? I say Yazoo County Fair. The most beloved tradition of Yazoo is back. The Yazoo County Fair is celebrating its 93rd fair with a whole week of entertainment and fun. From October 15th through October 23rd, enjoy all rides for one price. Plus, arts and crafts, local canyon exhibits, petting zoo, and other fair favorites included in your general admission. Parking is free, so we hope to see you at Hugh J. McGraw Drive. Find all the details on Facebook or go to visityazoo.org. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283. Hi, this is Keith Halsey with Halsey Insurance. As your local independent insurance agency, we guarantee fast answers and friendly service. When you have questions, we are here with answers you can trust. Our specialty is home, auto, life, and all types of business insurance. Partnering with the top Top insurance carriers, let us shop your insurance and do the heavy lifting. We'll find you the best coverages with the lowest rates. Call 601-856-7707 or halseyinsurance.com. That's H-A-W-S-E-Y insurance.com. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Bright, 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 sunshiny day. It's gonna be bright. 
another good weather forecast for you. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening, and it is my great pleasure and privilege to be here with you. It's also one of my very, very favorite things in the world to hear from folks that are my subscribers to the All Things Garden Mama Weekly. And I have had several people tell me that they thought I was crazy to give away issues, but I am giving away issues, so come on along and be crazy with me. If you subscribe right now, mamaonair at yahoo.com, that's M-A-M-A, mamaonair at yahoo.com. If you subscribe, you will have the opportunity to get issues all the way to the end of the year, and then your subscription will start in January. I am, um, I'm, I'm working my database. I've been collecting subscribers all the way through the year, and it's gotten to be more than I can manage. So I'm going to put everybody in January. Hopefully you will decide that you want to join in, and we will have lots more subscribers. Um, it's, it's not very expensive to get into, and I'm really terrific. And next week we'll be doing a Patreon um, Zoom, so that's that's all things too. So go to Garden Mama on Patreon, and you'll be able to understand about that. Again, just send me info and ask me what you want to know. Mama on Air at Yahoo.com. I'm so happy that you all are interested. Appreciate you very very much. I never thought this was true. I never thought this was true. Warm milk makes you sleepy. It never had that effect on me, but. According to the world, it does work. And everybody has always said that it was the tryptophan. However, in this case, there are specific peptides in milk peptide, in the milk proteins, that are really something they're hoping to be able to pull out and put into some natural sleep remedies for people who just cannot get to sleep. Um, I'm one of those people that... I have I've had trouble sleeping at different points in my life, and I do a couple of different things. Um, one is to try and not drink so much coffee or other forms of caffeine. <laughs> Believe me, I could drink caffeine all day long, but I wouldn't sleep, so I do I do slow that down a little bit um, at different points, and when it's beginning to bother me. And I will tell you what else tends to keep me awake, and that is going to sleep too early. If I fall asleep when I'm first asleep, I won't. I, I don't sleep as well as if I go ahead and get tired and then eventually fall asleep. That's where the warm milk comes in for a lot of people, I believe. In my case, it is more of um, a, a, a talking myself down, and I don't. I don't know if I'm going to be interested in this anymore. But I do think it's fascinating that what they're looking at are the ways that. We bind the, the milk peptides are binding the receptors that are causing you to stay awake. So if they can actually put this into some sort of natural opportunity, to, you know, natural product that to cure insomnia or at least treat it, there's so many side effects and so many addictive qualities to the things that we give people now um, to try and, and help them sleep that we really do need a different way of looking at it and this may be the one we, we can sleep enhancing peptides i like that it's the american chemical society you know they don't mess around <laughs> they, they tell us what we don't necessarily want to know but we need to know i'm also intrigued and in, while we're on the subject of um these these things of of what we're doing in the the changing the way and looking towards more natural and sustainable ways to deal with the problems that humans always have, we have pain. We may have pain because of an injury. We may have pain because of an accident. We may have pain because of surgery. We may have pain because it's a, a, an acute situation. It may be a chronic situation. But we all know that something hurts, and when it hurts, you want to do something about it. 
We also know that this country particularly, but not, we're not alone, has had a terrible issue with opioid addiction. And the, the, the results are that the opioids don't work, don't, aren't available, and people do horrible things to themselves and to the people that they love to deal with the, that pain. And that's really what it's all about. It's not about people being bad people. It's about people being in pain. So I'm always intrigued to know that there's major research going on, and part of all of this settlement business is that there will be more and more research into the ways that we can control or relieve pain without well, without pharmaceuticals that are addictive. Okay, so let's look at two of them this morning. Um, I, I wanted to leave these with you so that you would think about it. Um, Lund University in Sweden is doing a really different look at things. They have a completely new stimulation method. We've always talked about, you know, the, the joke is that if your hand hurts, hit your toe with a hammer and then you won't worry about your hand. Okay, so we're not talking about that. But we are talking about the the different kinds of stimulation that can help to combat se- severe pain. And in this case, they, they're using ultra-thin microelectrodes. We have seen some work on electrodes over the years. Parkinson's patients, people with cerebral palsy, um, they, they've had limited success in those situations. So good, good success for some people, but limited as an overall thing. So without analgesic treatment, persistent pain of any sort makes it very difficult for everyday life to go on. And so they're trying to make a way to use this that we've known worked a little bit, make it work more and in smaller amounts so that it's not only more achievable but also more affordable. And their their research is really looking positive. Um, no other sensory systems are affected, no other motor skills are affected, which is a huge breakthrough in pain research. But it's all about using these um, really micro-thin, ultra-thin micro-electrodes to change the stimulation in that the painful part. So it's really interesting stuff. Um, I, I do think this is, in, this is intriguing. I did not know this. According to a recent American report, and there's a long link about it if you need me to send it to you, about 8% of the American population suffers from high-impact chronic pain. That's a lot of people. That's a, 8% of us is a lot of people. <clears throat> now, one more. <clears throat> we all understand, and people will laugh. Um, anytime you say yoga to anybody nowadays, they, they see a goat. You know, they start talking, making jokes about goat yoga and whatnot. I'm happy to tell you that I took my first yoga class in about 1970, and it has changed me ever since. I do not, I'm not a yogi. I do not practice yoga. I'm not that good. But in terms of understanding Breathing and understanding the way that your consciousness can affect your body, at least in some ways and to some extent, yoga is a powerful, powerful discipline. And in this case, what we're looking for now is a different way of putting those breathing skills together to help with mindful pain control. University of Michigan is doing this. They're not a bunch of turkeys. Um, this is, you know, this isn't a bunch of hippy dippy stuff. This is literally comparing the two types of meditative breathing the traditional mindful breathing, and the new kind that I've only read a little bit about, which is a virtual reality sort of a thing, Um, and both of them apparently are working. They found that each one lessened the pain because it affects your somosensory cortex, 
which is that part of your brain that processes pain, which is so susceptible to the impact of opioids and other pain killers. But each of these two ways use different mechanisms so they might work better for different people. The idea is if you have not tried mindful breathing, if you have not tried any of these other things, don't be disillusioned. You can get some control of your pain. There's people working on it every single day. I say this to my friends. I say this to myself. I say this to all of us. Tomorrow's better than today. Why? Well, partly because the 90 degrees are gone, but also because we live in America and we're gardeners. Thank you very much. Appreciate your attention today. Couldn't ask for more. By the way, Daniel, tell your folks happy anniversary. They produced a good kid. I will. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Come back next week for more Weekend, Weekend Gardening. Gardening with the Garden Bomber is a production of South Communication. Sports is about overcoming obstacles. This is Ernie Johnson Jr., and those are the stories I love to tell in the broadcast booth. But the courage of college athletes is more than matched by another group of young men, the boys fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's the most prolific genetic killer diagnosed in childhood, and there's no cure. But college football coaches are doing something about it, and you can help. It's called Coach to Cure MD. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill or go online at coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501 today. Help college football coaches cure MD. You'll be proud you did. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association and Warner Ladder. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.